0: you in the 06010. Fantasy focus. Fantasy. Fantasy focus. Hello, and welcome into Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard, that's why Geico makes it easy with 24 7 claim service and on the go policy info in the app. It is easy. To Geico. My name is Daniel Dopp. In case you forgot what my (laughs) voice sounds like, because I've been gone so much over the last two weeks, joined by my best friend. Stefania Bell. I've hardly seen you, Stefania, but it is great to see your face on this Friday. How are you doing? Just you and me. Just you and me.
1: Again. This I is know. the second time this has happened. This is not too bad. My computer's chiming in.
0: Oh, well, well, we don't. That's okay. That's How right. are you? I'm feeling so much better. A Good. huge shout out. I know you, Mike, Field, everybody's been filling in for me while I have been down and out. I got my butt kicked by some bug that... Wasn't the flu and wasn't COVID, but I had been feeling terrible. I finally feel back to normal. You
1: have that energy about you. You have
0: your glow back. I am ready to finally be here. You know that you're ready to be back at work when you're like sick of sleeping on the couch. I'm tired of being at home. I just want to be back with my friends talking about football. And that's what we're going to do today. Let's go. So let's dive into a bunch of things. Mike Clay is going to join us a little bit later as we dive into our week 14 preview.
1: By the way. I still haven't seen Mike Clay. I think he's afraid to face me be, after my 49ers question this wow. week. Wow. So,
0: you guys are like ships passing in the night. He's yeah. making sure you no, guys never- No, he's like
1: the little uh, you know, <laughs> dinghy that's going oh, around. That's like, what it is. My big, my so big boat. Uh,
0: let's dive into a <laughs> handful yacht. of injury updates. Of course, you've got a yacht, you. Mm, of course. Let's dive into a handful of injury updates here. and I want to start with a positive one. Sometimes we say some negative stuff. <sighs> But we're supposed to maybe get Justin Jefferson back, Stefania. What can you tell us about that? And should we be excited as fantasy managers? Well,
1: we should be excited. We should be excited for Justin Jefferson because he just makes the game of football better. Oh, yeah. So we are thrilled that he is coming back this week. All signs point to that, barring a huge surprise. I think it's important to recap just what we've been through uh, while we've ridden along with Justin Jefferson on this injury train. He was injured week five when he slipped in the end zone while making a cut during a route or near the end zone and immediately knew that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. This is a young man who had never missed time due to injury in the three years he'd been in the NFL prior to this. Um, So it was really tough for him, a significant hamstring injury. Do you know prior to this, he had played 92% of the offensive snaps. That's how important wow. he was to his team. Ends up going out on injured reserve, but he was very clear and the Vikings were clear all along that he was not going to return at 80 or 90%. He wanted to be sure that he was hundred percent. And while you've often heard me say, if you've listened to me over the years, that the only way to know that you're really past a soft tissue injury, just go out and play and not have a setback. So until we get, Accomplish that we won't know for sure, but with all the metrics and all the performance testing, functional testing, uh, all the the sensors that they wear that can look at acceleration, deceleration, load volume, all of that. Yeah, he is now at a place where he feels comfortable. He's obviously been back in practice for a while. Yep. and I think we took our cues from him being limited in practice. So as long as he was limited, he wasn't coming back. Well, now he's full participant. He looks the part. He is ready to go. Um, we're going to see him at the Raiders. And, and for fantasy purposes, what I would say is we talk about performance metrics dipping mm-hmm. often for players coming off of significant soft tissue injuries at the skill position, like wide receiver, like running back. Um, but on average, wide receivers miss about five games. We talked about him being injured in week five. We're at week 14. I think that extra time and his insistence about not coming back till he was at his peak form. I'm not looking for much of a drop off in performance. I mean, we'll have to see when he gets into the game, but I think from a volume standpoint, maybe it won't be 92% of the snaps, but I think it's going to be high volume, high workload. I don't think there's going to be restrictions on him. I'm looking forward to seeing the Justin Jefferson that you had in week one.
0: I am very ready for that as well. And I think everything that you're describing sounds like because this kid said to himself, I'm not going to come back until i'm fully ready the idea of the recidivism that sometimes we see in these injuries where guys that's come back you talk about well you know stefania <laughs> we learned some things here but you get you feel a lot better because rather than try to come back maybe a little too early or come back and, and push it a hundred percent when he needs to have a little bit of a ramp up time it's like no no no, i want to take my time i want to make sure that i feel like i'm 100 percent there and that's kind of what it feels like with what you're describing so that when we throw him out there that expectation isn't that big drop off that we have felt like for some of the other players we
1: have seen. You bring up a really good point, because one of the things that players deal with when they have a significant hamstring injury is apprehension. Yeah. They are afraid to stretch it out. They're afraid to really let loose and go at full speed because they're afraid that the hamstring is going to pull. So... Having had the opportunity to test it in so many different ways, I think makes him more confident going into the game. All of that is a factor. I don't think we appreciate it often enough, but I I really think those things could be the difference in what you see from him out of the gate on Monday night.
0: Justin Jefferson will be back this week then, and you should have him in your fantasy lineup.
1: Not Monday night. Well... Against the Raiders. Yes, yes, we have, a, we have Raiders. two Monday Night games. That's right. There's a yes. lot to keep track There's of. There's
0: track of there. All right, Stefania, a couple more updates here with the NFC North as well. you got Christian Watson, who we saw pull up with the hamstring, and Aaron Jones who has been dealing with a bunch of stuff. What can you tell us about a couple of Packers?
1: Well, so Aaron Jones is a tough one. This is an MCL sprain for him, injured week 11, which was November t- 19th for them, and he's been out ever since. Now, he came back to his first practice on Thursday. They do play Monday night. Okay. So again, your first practice report is on Thursday, and I'm told he was moving very well, uh, listed as a limited participant, but it's still hard to know if this is going to be enough for him to actually play in a game on Monday. We've seen Aaron Jones out with an MCL sprain before he's come back more quickly, but you have to remember, this is a guy who had a hamstring injury in week one that he was then out till week four, came back with a low volume of work Re-injured, re-injured and practice the following week, missed more time. And when he came back, it wasn't until week nine that we saw his normal workload. Okay. And then he was injured again week 11. So yes. think about that. In the in the spectrum of the entire season, we haven't really seen Aaron Jones at full strength other than for about three weeks. Week nice. one, he looked fantastic. And, yeah. and then this little mini stretch, 9, 10, until he got hurt in week 11. So I'm not sure... If he's back this week, you're going to have to follow the reports up until game time. But even then, I'd be a little bit concerned from a fantasy standpoint about how much work does he get? Obviously, they haven't been getting it done on the ground, so they're going to want to use him. But um, I'm just a little nervous from the injury standpoint. As far as Christian Watson, another right-sided hamstring injury, this is the one that caused him to start the season in week four. I mean, he had the injury in the preseason, did not start until later. If you saw him, did you see this when he went down? Uh, Christian uh, Watson? It w- yeah, yeah, it was almost like when a player takes himself to the ground when they're trying to stay in bounds and that, like he just curled he up just, into a little mm-hmm. ball and then grabbed his right hamstring. Pretty hallmark sign that he knew exactly what was going on. I feel for him. This has become a chronic problem for him. You wonder, you know, scar tissue and that can cause problems where you have this re injury rate hard to imagine him playing on monday night didn't practice on thursday he says this episode not as bad
0: yeah but okay. it's very
1: hard to imagine him playing with the history that he has.
0: He has been a, so tough for fantasy managers this year. We've obviously had a lot of conversation about Christian Watson this season with everything that we've done. However, I don't think that we're expecting him. We've pulled him out of the projections for this week. We're not expecting him to play Monday night. Jaden Reed, a guy that we may talk about a little bit later in the show, because he has looked fantastic for these Packers as a pass catcher in the last couple of weeks.
1: Do you know that Christian Watson has somewhere between one and three catches from weeks four to 11? Wow. That was it. Remember, because we kept talking we kept about winter, right? Yep. And then week 12, five for 94. Yep. Week 13, seven for 71, but then he goes down. But with then the he injury. goes down, yeah. right? So I don't know if the volume is, is that going to be the Achilles? Uh, I shouldn't use the, well, the Achilles. Yes, yeah. But I mean, is that going to be a problem for him? Is that kind of volume and workload going forward? I yeah. wonder
0: we'll have to continue to watch that and manage that as well. We'll check in on Aaron Jones as well uh, on fantasy football. Now on Sunday, make sure that you check in with us on ESPN two and ESPN news this week from 10 to two and, and excuse me, 10 to 12 PM on ESPN two <laughs> and then 12 to one on ESPN news. All right, Stefania, let's talk Derek Henry, because again, we talked at the beginning of the week, there were some conflicting reports about a concussion or not having a concussion. They've got a game on Monday night football. So they have an extra day regardless of what's going on. What do you know about Derek Henry?
1: Well, just to recap, he was evaluated for a concussion late on Sunday. And, you know, when he was evaluated, it was very late in the game, so he didn't return. So I don't think we had the full picture. But he was not in the concussion protocol at the start of the week, as Mike Vrabel said, which means that they did not believe that he suffered a concussion. That doesn't mean they don't follow the athlete for symptoms monitor, make sure there's nothing that's a setback in the start of the week. And Monday, he went through a workout and got through it fine, did not have any symptoms. So he continued as a regular participant for this week. Now, he got a rest day on Thursday, but Derrick Henry gets rest days all the time. time, So this was literally a rest day, not an injury related thing. We do expect him to play Monday night football. Okay.
0: Love to hear that. If you're a fantasy manager, you want Derrick Henry out there on Monday night. What about Brees Hall? He injured his ankle. Are we gonna see him this week?
1: Yeah, it's not clear exactly when this cropped up. You know, he had, it was listed on the injury report last week with a hamstring injury, goes in, has a normal workload for Brees Hall and doesn't have any obvious injury, but then shows up on the injury report because of his ankle has not practiced yet this week, but has been doing work on the side. Uh, according to Rich Tamini, Brees Hall said he expects to play. Okay. So straight from him, um, he's been very true in, in his predictions for himself so far. So based on that, uh, it doesn't sound like it was anything serious, but maybe something where proactively they were holding him out. All
0: right, we'll keep watching that again as we get closer to Sunday on Brees Hall. And we got a couple of tight ends that we want some updates on. What can you tell us?
1: So Dawson Knox, wrist surgery, for, you know, Dawson Knox of yep. the Buffalo Bills has missed five games. Weeks eight through 12 with the wrist injury was designated for return this week, comes back and is a full participant in practice and apparently looks pretty good. So it sounds like Dawson Knox will make his return. We can talk about, whether you like that or not for Dalton Kincaid. But I I would also say coming off wrist surgery, you're you're never sure how they're going to be in all phases of the game. So they're going to want to see it. He may not get a a pre-injury volume of work. Dallas Goddard, we've been talking about this. I expect to see him back for the Eagles from that fractured forearm, full participant uh, against the Cowboys. And then Darren Waller, uh, we're starting to hear from him, but he's not officially practicing yet, doing a little work, running some routes on his own, hopes to be back next week. Stay tuned.
0: Okay. Hopefully we get all of those tight ends back. I cannot wait to have Dallas Goddard back in my starting lineup, Stefania. That is going to be fantastic for my playoff push.
1: I know, me too. I've got him in a couple of leagues and I've been waiting.
0: Yes. So all right. Make sure that you follow Stefania on the X at Stefania underscore ESPN for all the latest injury updates. Stefania, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and I will see you on Sunday morning of Fantasy Football Now. But for now, I am going to help us pay some bills because we're going to talk about our friends over at Geico. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. It is pretty fantastic as far as mobile apps go, guys. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com today. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus. My name is Daniel Dopp, here with my buddy Mike Clay. Now hey, hey. we're diving into a Thursday night football recap before we get into the week 14. Yeah, period. it's weird. I'm on this side. Yeah, I'm usually, not used to this. This is going to take some adjustment period. Yeah. It's
2: like uh, we just made a line change. I subbed in for Stefania, but I'm playing like the wrong position. Like, usually I'm left wing and, and my really right, right wing. wing. Yeah. And you know, it's just like left tackle on right tackle in football. Sometimes it's not easy to, you know, to transition between I've one and that. the other. So we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to hold down the fort. You're going to power. won't uh, allow any sacks. Did you we'll get? we what happens. <laughs> did you get a chance to talk to
0: Stefania about your 49ers well, Eagles look, game I, in between those? Look,
2: I did on. Uh, I believe it was when did they play Sunday. Sent her a nice text. Okay. You know, 49ers yep. kicked her butt. Congratulations. And she an answer? Here's my credit card. She, she and... did not answer. No, but, nothing. Oh, sorry. Wow. I mean, okay. I tried to be the bigger, the bigger uh, guy, but whatever. <laughs> I, I, I owe Stefania dinner and wine, and uh, we're hoping for a rematch in the playoffs. because no. I don't. I don't know if the the Lions will be in that mix. But we'll see. We'll see if they're in the mix during we'll the playoffs. Out. But yeah, I, I'm hoping for a rematch because uh, yeah, because you get your butt kicked and yeah, that was embarrassing. I like a double or nothing there. Well, we got Shaq sure. Leonard now.
0: Hey, hey, things can change. Pretty quickly when you add a guy like that to your defense, you got it. All right, let's dive into a Thursday night football recap. I think we both thought this one was going to be one of
2: the best Thursday night football games <laughs> of the year. That was Mike. as predicted as predicted by the what was the line thirty? Uh, yeah, and, it was as low uh, as it's been
0: uh, in the last fifteen years or something like that. Yeah, it
2: was it was pretty low. There's a lot of games in the thirties this week, um, and it went uh, it went over thirty nine a little bit. So we got some offense right out of the gate. The Patriots, you know, did yeah. something offensively. Uh, you know, it was nice to see some sign of life from that Patriots offense. Just give us something, some fantasy points. I mean,
0: Bailey Zappi looked pretty good. I did not expect, well, let's start here. I did not expect to see 30 opportunities for Ezekiel Elliott, including Mm -hmm. eight targets and seven catches in the receiving game. Like he looked Mm -hmm. fantastic in this one.
2: Yeah, I think that's the benefit of a guy that's been a feature back in the NFL being a part-timer all season long. And I know that he has a lot of, Uh, Wear on the tires, Um, but you know when you're a a person or a player with that skill set, and he was playing pretty good ball and not super old. It's not like he's 35, right, for a running back anyway um, he, he was able to do this, not the whole season, but do it for maybe a week or two. So uh, last week had 21 touches, 92 yards was fine this week uh, to your point. They only 55 offensive snaps. I think that kind of played into it. Had they played 65 or 70 closer to league average might not have played 91% of the snaps, snaps, but he was on the field for 50 of 55, 22 carries eight targets productive as both a uh, rusher and a pass catcher. And, you know, based on Ramondre Stevenson's injury would not be surprising if he's out for another game. So yep. we could see something similar uh, next week. Very little time. Montgomery yeah. has to change the pace back Jamichael Michael Hasty. I thought would be active and get a few touches. That was not the case. Kevin Harris was active and it was a non-factor. So uh, I would expect the same thing uh, next week. I believe they play Kansas City as a Kansas City next week. Uh, but nonetheless, he's going to be in a situation where he's playing Uh, A lot again, if for my means out, I did not expect, and I had Zeke as a top, I think he was running back 20 for me, but I, he
0: was not a guy that I really felt confident in starting because it's like, you've got a a backup running back on an older backup running back on a two and 10 team that has been awful offensively with a guy named Bailey Zappi. That's going to be starting. I, to me, it felt like I'm going to be staring at 5.4. In my box score all weekend long before I even get to the Sunday games. Instead, he gives you 27 fantasy points, and he looked fantastic. So that's why
2: if, I say chase volume. That's what it is. That's, like that's what you do. Chase volume. By the way, good. Yep, uh, we decided a, it's a good fullback name. Full, H back, fullback. That's we like that. That's a good name for. It's a, also
0: a crappy fullback. band. I think that we've never. That would heard be great. I yeah, think chase volume. Um,
2: but yeah, I mean that's it. That's why we always push. Why that's why we say volume is king. If you if you look at a situation, you're like this guy's probably looking at 20 touches almost barring the absolute extremes which again to your point this was almost almost <laughs> extreme. extreme you're going to start that player i mean you know 20th in our rankings we were telling you start him and it worked out and it
0: worked out hey what about bailey zappi we did not say that you should start him but has he shown you enough that like maybe he is no. a streamer or is this just a one week thing
2: no uh look, you see this sometimes from shaky quarterbacks. This things go right. He had three touchdowns in this game. It was impressive to go into Pittsburgh and get this done, but he was not very good last week. Certainly was not anywhere near a uh, fantasy starter. Like that no. had a buck 50 through the air uh, in that game in the past. Hasn't been much of a fantasy factor as well. This is a guy that the Patriots remember waved mm-hmm. earlier, you know, mm-hmm. uh, late in the off season. So. No, he's not. I wouldn't say he's the answer. If he does it a few more times, maybe then he's in the streaming radar, but we're a little late in the game at this point. I don't expect him to be anywhere close to the top 12, top 15, maybe top 20 radar. How
0: about Hunter Henry? Because he was as efficient as it gets three catches, two touchdowns, 40 some yards, 19 fantasy points. It's like Hunter Henry has a handful of these games every single
2: year. Mike, just to play with us fantasy managers. Yeah, he absolutely does. He, uh, it's, it's like it's infuriating. It's just it's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. It's um, you cannot start him. He had three targets in I this know. game, uh, and over his last three games, had nine targets, so three per game. Oh, He's right gross. on track. Yeah, uh, five catches, 36 yards, no touchdowns. Prior to this game, he had two touchdowns and this one, prior to that, one touchdown in his prior 10 games, and also hasn't been over 39 yards since week four. Oh, wow. This is not a guy you're considering for your lineup. And remember, they were down a ton at the wide receiver position in this game. Lee Cunningham was essentially their number four wide receiver and he's a quarterback. He's yep. a, like a versatile quarterback. Um, and they just went heavy on on uh two two and three tight end sets. Farrell Brown played a lot. Mike Kosicki was a non factor, but he was on the field more. Uh it's just they they were basically they're forced to use Henry Moore and still he only had three targets. Yeah. I mean no, not a fantasy. He's not a fantasy
0: starter. He's a guy that using a showdown lineup on an Island slate. That's how you play Hunter Henry and Bailey Zappi in fantasy football. You got it. Let's talk about the other side of this. Mitch Trubisky, obviously the quarterback with Kenny Pickett being out. how do you feel this Steelers offense looked with Mitch under center?
2: Not good. They lost to the Patriots Yeah, well, at home <laughs> after losing five days ago to the Cardinals. Uh, I believe this is a, it was a new NFL record, right? It's the yeah. first team ever. I believe it was with a winning record to lose two consecutive games to teams that were both eight games or more under Under 500, 500. which there's a lot to that, but it just shows you that there's no, it's, it's unreal that they just lost to the Cardinals and the Patriots within, within one week. Uh, A lot of teams were criticizing them for being a little bit fraudulent, but they were chipping away and finding ways to win. It sounds like there might be a case there because they're going the wrong direction uh, in a hurry. So yeah, uh, unimpressive again, just very little production for their skill guys. Uh, there's not really much of an excuse here. I mean, they have too many good players. Yeah. Uh, with Pickens and Deontay Johnson and uh, Pat Fryermuth now healthy at tight end, two, pre, two uh, good decent running two good running backs yep. to get this little out of an offense is really disappointing. And uh, I, I mean, I think if you go into next year with Kenny Pickett, you're accepting quarterback purgatory. You know, yeah. like I don't know that he's going to be a superstar. And it's like, remember, he's like 25 now. Yeah. Came in a little uh, into the league a little older they're going to have to go quarterback shopping. I think if they want to fix this, there's too many good skill guys. You got to You got to get the most out of them.
0: Yeah. And I don't see like nothing's going to change right now in the Steelers offense. The way that we have been looking at these running backs, that's going to be what they are in the fantasy playoffs. The way that we've been looking at Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, they're dart throws at this point. I don't feel Mm -hmm. confident in anyone in this offense. Unfortunately, it's going to be tough sledding. If you are rostering any Pittsburgh Steelers that you need to be starting in the fantasy playoffs, Good luck.
2: Yeah, I think Johnson fits the bill of just too good to sit. He has scored a touchdown in two he straight games. Touchdown yep. machine. Suddenly, a guy that didn't find the end zone at all last year. Uh, Twelve plus fantasy points in five of his nine games. You know, some of them he was kind of beat up, limited a little bit. Uh, so he's been fine enough to start. But Pickens way off the radar. That's just not happening. Uh, and then you're right. The running backs. You know, it was they were using both guys. Was more so, Najee early in the season. It wasn't going well. They kind of leveled out the playing field between the two, and it was working there for a little bit, but now they're back to both struggling. Uh, Jalen Warren, eight or fewer fantasy points in three straight, 11 touches and 10 touches in his last two games. So the volume's down a little bit yep. for him. He was outsnapped by Harris by five in this game. And then Harris, un- under 10 fantasy points in three of his last four, but his volume's a little better, 16 touches per game since week three. I, I actually had Harris a little ahead of Warren. Uh, In this one, but the fact is they're both like uninspiring flex options at this point. They were starting to creep into that top 24, top 20 conversation. But it's just not happening. This offense just yep. is not good. I'm totally with you. Every time I look at Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, I have them. I, it's like I flip-flop
0: them back and forth every week. Oh, this week's a Jalen week. This week's a Najee week. and they, It's a like neither of them week. Exactly. <laughs> they both get enough volume, but not enough volume for me yeah. to feel confident in either one. So this backfield, I think, is what it is. What you've been seeing so far is what you're going to get once we get into the fantasy playoffs with these Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus, diving into our Week 14 preview. Part one, yesterday on Thursday's show, it was Field Yates and Tyler Fulgham diving into the Week 14 preview. Uh, So part one, excuse me, this is part two. Mm -hmm. So you can go back and watch that in case you have not seen it. We are going to dive into a handful of good games here. Cowboys and Eagles. Mike Clay talking about your Philadelphia Eagles. We got DeAndre Swift up first. He had a rough go of it last week, 20 total yards on eight touches against the 49ers this week against the Cowboys. Do you see a bounce back coming or is this going to be another tough one for DeAndre?
2: Yeah, so I have him 20th in my rankings. That's probably the lowest we've had him since week two, probably before he had that big breakout probably, game. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Uh, you're right. It's he's trying to, kind of trending down a little bit, which was some What predictable because the Eagles said they were going to, they didn't want to overutilize him. We've seen a little bit more Kenneth Gainwell. We also have the Giants coming up twice in the schedule. That's Boston Scott territory. So you got to keep an eye out for that. (laughs) Almost a guarantee to score a touchdown. That's not Uh, a joke.
0: When you say that, are you joking or do you sort of mean mean, that a little bit?
2: I'm very curious to see, to check the ESPN bet app and see what the anytime touchdown is for Boston Scott because he, it's like a thing now. Like, even the, the Eagles try to give him work near the goal line, it's yes. kind of remember when the 49ers are forcing touches to Christian McCaffrey at the goal line to keep the streak going. Yep. The Eagles do that with Boston Scott <laughs> against the Giants, so <laughs> that's uh, that's real. Definitely that's real. keep an eye out for that. I'm yep. with you. Um, uh, as for Swift, yeah, I mean, look, we've been ranked lower, he's coming off the down game. Um, he did have six targets though in that one, that's his most since week six, so that was a point in the right direction. Uh, and and again one bad game. The the prior two, he had 84 plus yards and 15 plus touches in both of those games. So he's down a little bit from where he was, but he's still hanging in there as a, a startable fantasy commodity uh, commodity uh, tough matchup though. Cowboys third fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs. He had 74 yards on 20 touches against the uh, Cowboys earlier. this season it was about a month ago. So you know, kind of mixed feelings. This one, it's kind of like the Zeke analysis, right? Yep. Not a great situation, but he's going to get decent volume. The Eagles have a good offense. This could be a high scoring game for sure between these two teams. It's very possible. So, uh, so should be in lineups. He is a, he is a flex play for me. I think because of how he has looked against this Cowboys
0: defense, only four running backs have hit 13 fantasy points against these Cowboys. Yeah. Um, so without him getting more passing game involvement, I know he's getting a bunch of volume, but he needs to get in the end zone in order to be able to help pay that off. So I am just outside my top 20 with only two teams on a buy. He's somebody that I would look at as a low-end RB2 or a flex play if you need DeAndre Swift this week. you mentioned that we are going to have Dallas Goddard back. Is Bacon. he just right back into it being a top 10 tight end for you?
2: Yeah, he is uh, s- uh, seven plus targets in five games. So he got off to that really slow start, and then he they started to get them him the ball more often. And now uh, they're missing him too. You know they've been oh, yes. leaning on more four wide sets, and they like they didn't even target Julio against San Francisco. And you have Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins. It's fine, but they need Dallas Goddard and his fi- you know five to eight targets per game. I, I suspect he'll be a guy you could start right away. I have him seventh on my board. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd start you, him. You can throw him out there. Yeah, I mean you know you know, the state of tight end. <laughs> yeah. Once you start to get to the bottom of that 10th, 11th, 12th, yeah. yeah. Goddard's probably going to be one of your best options.
0: Well, without Dallas Goddard, we've actually seen Devontae Smith. It seems like had an uptick in uh-huh. usage. Sure has. Since week eight, I'm going to just, this is what he has done. 22.9 fantasy points, 14.1, 15.9, and then 23.6 and 24.6. He's had at least 14 fantasy points in six, excuse me, five straight games. Do you think that with Dallas
2: Goddard coming back and having another piece in this offense that we're going to see that drop a little bit. Oh yeah. His targets have gone up without Goddard and that's been a trend in the past. So I do think that there will be an effect here. Uh, You mentioned it. I mean, eight eight plus targets in three straight. Mm -hmm. So he's averaging nine per game, 6.8 per game with Dallas Goddard. Uh, The one thing I will say though, is he's had 20 plus fantasy points in five straight games. So that traces back to when Goddard was still playing. So maybe there was something starting to develop there before, okay. before Goddard went down. I'll, I'll add that in uh, tough matchup here as well. You know, Dow, uh, Dallas really good against the pass as well on top of uh, the run, but he did score a touchdown when they played a few weeks ago. Only three targets, but at 51 yards and a touchdown. I, you know, he's playing well enough. Now there's enough volume. The offense is good enough. He's a wide receiver, two or three at worst. Yeah. Three at worst in this matchup. Yeah, we're starting. Them. Even with Dallas Goddard
0: coming back and understanding we do have a lowered expectation based on more targets having to be spread to other people. There's no mm-hmm. way that I can take Devontae Smith out of my lineup based on what he has been doing recently.
2: Right. And that's what I mean. Like he was starting to, he was already startable before Goddard got yes. hurt, right? So yeah. he was better. He was certainly better without Goddard, but still a guy you're starting no doubt all right let's talk bills and chiefs here this oh, another is another good one
0: this so this is both a good one and unbelievably frustrating two teams that i feel like have not looked like the teams we thought they were going to look like this mm-hmm. year both josh allen and patrick mahomes allen while has been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the game leads the nfl when it comes to turnovers at the quarterback sure position does, yeah. and patrick mahomes has not looked like Patrick Mahomes this year, so let's start on the Chiefs side of the football. Are you still sticking with him, or is there any way that you're like, nah, I'm out on Patrick Mahomes as a starting
2: quarterback? Uh, I'm going to start him, and one of the reasons for that is that the Bills have had some key injuries defensively, and they're not a dominant defense against the pass or at all. So uh, the matchup is not anything I'm worried about. The Chiefs are at home. This is a big game mm-hmm. coming off a loss. They they need to they need another win. I mean, both of these teams certainly the Bills more desperate for a win, but you know uh, they're going to. Chiefs are going to come out firing, no doubt about it. Uh, But the ceiling just isn't as high for Mahomes as it was in the past. He is two weekly finishes better than seventh. And it's been lately, it's been worse. I mean, his last five (laughs) finishes are 31st, 11th, 14th, 8th, and 14th. His only games with more than two touchdowns, the Chargers and the Bears. Yeah. Uh, This isn't a super hard matchup, but it's not (laughs) the Chargers and Bears, you know, so... (laughs) I, I, yeah, look, I'm definitely worried about it. I don't know if we're getting 22, 25, unless this becomes one of them shootouts between two rivals in the AFC, but yeah, I'm still going to start him. I think you have to
0: start him just because he is Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, this comes, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's really, really where it's it. At. I mean, it comes yeah. out of like,
2: this guy's too good. The offense is too pass heavy. Like how, I, how extreme do we have to get to bench him? You know what I mean? Like or who
0: else do you have to have? Like who? If you if you draft Patrick Mahomes, what other quarterback would you potentially have that's on your good. roster? I mean,
2: that's a good question. So Brock Purdy is a, it's a possibility. Sure, you might have scooped him up off waivers. Kyler at some Murray, early. like maybe you grab Kyler just because, but like even well, he's on a were, buy this week, so, so he's not, not playing. Yeah, so it's not him. Yeah. I think it's like Bert, uh, Purdy's probably like the best example of someone you may have picked up that's better, like yeah. a better start. I don't know. Who else. It's not like Russell Wilson, no. Baker Mayfield, no. Like it's not guys like that. But there's. You're right. There's Gosh. probably not a guy that's on your team. I mean, Dak Prescott may, uh, but Dak Prescott was getting cut in leagues because of how bad that in first month was. Yeah. So you might have a guy like that. I'm sure there's a few teams that do, but especially if you're in like a 12-team league, he's probably going to be your best option. Yeah.
0: When you look at these pass catchers, we've been waiting for someone other than Travis Kelsey who has not mm, looked like himself might this have year. One. And now it looks like we got Rasheed Rice, Mike. He has had 19 targets over the last two weeks. Rasheed Rice has. He's starting to get more volume that we've been asking for How do you feel about him potentially in this one against the Bills? I
2: feel great right now because we've seen it in back-to-back games now from Rasheed Rice, and it's not just 19 targets. The the target shares in those two games, by the way, 29% and 31% big time. That's like higher than Travis Kelsey-like usage in this uh, Kansas City offense. But again, not just 19 targets, Caught 16 of them, showing to be a reliable target, 171 yards and a touchdown. Also, if you're into this kind of thing, he scored a touchdown in every other game going back to week five. Shut up. He did not score a touchdown last week. So if you're into that kind of thing, this is the week. This is the week touchdown should be on the board. Yeah, look, we should not be shocked if this is, if he just broke out and now he leads this team in targets going forward because Travis Kelsey hasn't been the dominant player he's been in the past. Rice looks like the second round pick. I mean, he's supposed to be developing and getting better and turning into a a capable starter. We haven't seen that in the Kansas City offense in a while, probably since Tyreek Hill. honestly, Mm -hmm. Uh, an early, you know, he was actually a later round pick, but there were reasons for that. Uh, but a, them develop a guy into a number one for Patrick, Mahomes. homes. It's been a while. So Maybe this is the guy and he's looked like it the last two weeks. He absolutely has. There's a lot of his yeah. damage in the slot as well. Mm-hmm. Bill's sure in the does. middle of the pack against the uh, wide receivers in
0: the slot. So he's in a really good matchup here. I will take that anytime touchdown. Good, sir. I'm going to go for it this uh, yeah. week. Yeah,
2: Rishi Rice, anytime touchdown. Anytime touchdown
0: right. based on the fact that he only scores on odd weeks.
2: That's all that, that's all that I well, need. Well, maybe Mike. you could add that to our uh, fantasy focus parlay, which we're going to get to a little later in the show. Yes, we one will. One for one on that hit last week. So uh, we'll see if we can do it again. Uh, that's, foreshadowing. That's so funny. One of them is from this game, by the way. We did not talk about what it is, but there's, yeah. uh, there, one, of the, one of the legs of that parlay will come from this. Will we'll come from game. this. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. We will dive into that a little bit later in the show. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Mike Clay and Daniel Dobb uh, going through the week 14 preview. Mike, let's dive into a Bengals and Colts game that we have on tap for us. We have got Zach Moss without Jonathan Taylor here. We thought last week was going to be a big Zach Moss week against the Titans. Titans do have a good run defense, Mm -hmm. but it was just one of those situations where if he's going to get all that volume, you can't not play Zach Moss. Unfortunately, it was not fantastic this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are not the Tennessee Titans defense when it comes to stopping running backs.
2: Yeah, so uh, Field and I have kind of had it out on this one because last week he wasn't as high on Moss and I kind of talked him into a little bit more into Yeah. He's not he's not super thrilled, Uh, but I say go back to the well with Zach Moss. I barely, I feel maybe just as, or maybe like 95% as confident as I was last week. Uh, But the volume was great. I mean, he still played 94% of the snaps, 19 carries, three targets in that game. Uh, Earlier this season, there was that four game stretch where Jonathan Taylor was out, or then the, he returned only played 10 snaps. Moss was the clear feature back. He had three great games, 20 plus point games. One of them was a dud. So we've seen this before where he's the feature back and didn't just light it up yep. and he bounced back the following week and had another good game. So yep. not super worried about it. They're playing the uh, Bengals neutral matchup. The Colts running backs as a whole are eighth in touches, you know, they're going to get that. He's going to get a lot of volume in this one. It's, and there's like no competition for touches here. They, yeah. they have a rookie off the practice squad. Who's in two and they have Trey sermon. Who's the three. I, I have no real qualms about Zach Moss. I have him sixth in my rankings and I'm going to chase the volume, just like we did with Zeke Elliott. And yep. It should work. He's he's startable and he's already shown they can be a top five fantasy running back.
0: I've got him as RB four. eight different running backs. Have hit at least 15 fantasy points against the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, for a fact that Zach Moss can get there. If he gets into the end zone, I think we're going to have a ninth running back. See at least 15 or more fantasy points against no this defense. What about Joe Mixon on the other side? And I don't want to have this be slander. <laughs> this one, yeah. I was talking with our producer, Tyler uh, before the show. He's a uh, Bengals fan. I just don't feel like I have I have Joe Mixon as a top 16 running back this week, right? Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of volume within this offense. I don't see the juice from Joe Mixon that we have seen in the past. He mm-hmm. is getting volume, and that's why I have him where I, he's ranked right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't see the same type of juice that I see from Joe Mixon in the past here. But if he's going to get this kind of work with Jake Brown and under center going to be involved as part of the passing game, where do you have him this week taking on this team?
2: Yeah, so after what we saw last week and the fact that he's fifth in carries, eighth in catches, 13th in yards at running back, no doubt start. He's, I mean, yes. th- there's no doubt. That's that's number 1. It's also a good matchup by the way. Colts fourth most yards touchdowns in fantasy points to running back. So, those two things, the volume, the good matchup, no doubt lineup block. The question I have is what is this backfield going to look like going forward because we did start to see a change early in that game. And there was like I even tweeted about it. I was like, there's did. some reason for panic here because in the first quarter, Chase Brown handled five of their six running back carries. And we were like, Is this happening? Is this like they're done with the the efficiency's not there. So a little bit of a change. They're yep. they're gonna split uh, the backfield. Um, I don't know if it was I uh, look Brown was playing well. So I don't know if it was something like this is a good game, a close game. We need to win. We want a reliable Joe Mixon on the field, but from that point forward, Mixon had 13 carries to just three for Chase Brown and in total played 51 snaps only 11 for Chase Brown Mixon also a season high seven targets in this game. So I'm not sure now maybe Brown comes out as the hot hand this week and they expand his workload even more and it's more of a committee and that hurts Mixon but after how the last three quarters went last week and in this matchup, uh, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, Mixon should be in lineup. He's going to be the
0: guy. He keeps getting passing game work. Yeah. He keeps getting the goal line work. The thing is when you average like three and a half yards per carry, it just doesn't look all that ex- like exciting or explosive. That's part of why like chase Brown nine for 61. I mean, you see some of those big plays we haven't seen from Joe Mixon are the, that's what I'm wondering. Are the Bengals going to find a couple of ways to get the ball into chase Brown's hand? I don't think that it's going to be enough to make it so that I can't play Joe Mixon this week. He's still got to be a part of your fantasy lineup because the volume's just too yeah, good. not
2: yet. I mean, if it ends up a, a Najee Harris Warren split at right, some, right, like right. during Once the fantasy there. playoffs, that's a concern. But we're, I, I'm with you. I, we're not there yet.
0: Yeah, we're not there yet. What about Jake Browning? Did you see enough from him last week with how he looked? To think that, like I know you said earlier in the show that Bailey Zappi's not a
2: streamer, but is Jake Browning? A potential streamer here for you. Maybe. I mean, he had the full arsenal of targets in this one. He had T Higgins back to go with Jamar chase and had you know, mix into the backfield, had Tyler Boyd in the slot. And what have we been saying the past few weeks, a scouting report on him is he needs a really good supporting cast around him and he can do the job. Like yep. he can get them the football and you know he's athletic enough. He can do a little with his legs, which he did. He scored a touchdown in this game with his legs. That's where, what he needs to thrive. And I'll tell you what he he had a great game. I mean, he had an awesome game 20 or 32 of 37, 354 yards and two total touchdowns in the game. He was awesome. So I think the main thing is, okay, he's good enough to get the ball to the skill guys. So Mm -hmm. I have hope for Jamar chase and, and, uh, and of course T Higgins, he had a slow start, but maybe at some point gets going. The problem this week is even with the state of quarterback, I don't think I want to stream him yet First of all, I'm going to see it again. Okay, that's fair. Second of all, how about this? The Colts weeks one through three, first three games of the year. I'll add 17 plus fantasy points in all three games to the opposing quarterback. Since then, their last nine games, how many have hit 17, do you think? Probably six of them. One. Only one. No one has been over 19 points. Their top five in sacks and interceptions. Seriously. Schedule has been much lighter, but you can almost say Jake Browning fits right in with that. He he's an unproven commodity. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a, a, a obviously low odds. He hits 20 in this one. So is that enough to stream him? an un- unproven quarterback in this match. I don't think so. And you shouldn't really be in a spot unless you were desperate at quarterback
0: where Kyler Murray like became your quarterback in the second half that of the season. to me. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, I had Burrow and oh, then there had Murray you go. as well okay. sitting on IR. So, so like, you shouldn't lucky. be
0: in a spot to be streaming with only two teams on a bye because you're talking Sam Howell and Kyler Murray are the only two quarterbacks that you don't have at your disposal oh, I got, this I gotcha. week. I see whatever. what you're
2: saying. Yep, um, I'm with
0: you. But ideally, if you needed him, he did look great last week. We could see what he looks like this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather go a different direction if I could, but I, do, I agree. I am a Jake Browning fan. I do want to root for this kid because it was really fun to be able to a watch. Great him last story. Week. I love yes. stuff
2: like this. Yeah, it's awesome. I do want
0: to see him get T Higgins more involved. And that is one of the things where it's like, I, I sort of, I can't, I can't totally say this because it's like, Oh, just throw the ball to Jamar Chase as much as possible. Cause that is what I want him to do. But he still has another superstar wide receiver that we haven't really been a CBA be big part of this offense in T Higgins, even though I know that T is a guy that is a potential superstar at the wide receiver position, when you haven't seen it throughout the season because of injuries and inconsistent quarterback play and all these things, how are you ranking him here in Week 14, Mike?
2: Yeah, I'm at 34th. I'm hoping uh, the second game back now. Second game healthy. He was out for about a month. For second full game with Jake Browning. Maybe they get him going again. The ball of more. Yeah. I will say this: he caught all three targets. They only threw it his way three times. He caught them all for 36 yards. And in his four prior full games when he was healthy, seven plus targets in all of them. And you know we've seen upside. He's it's like he has a big game and then gets hurt over and over this season. It's been a really disappointing season as he enters a contract here or is in a contract here. So it's been tough, but he does have two games with 19 plus fantasy points. We've seen it. You know, it's yeah. not like it's just been complete disaster all year. Uh, Colts mid pack against receivers. I think he's a viable deep league flex. Not a must start though. He's not a lineup lock. He's not the top 15 guy we were hoping that for, we were hoping. Yep. Uh, but I feel definitely feel I look, if Browning was really poor again last week. I mean, he might be 50th in our rankings. You know, at least there's some hope here based on what we saw last week.
0: Reason for optimism based on what Jake looked like. I'm totally with you on that. All right. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson. Mike, I'm so pumped about this to be able to get this kid back for our fantasy Mm. roster in time for the playoffs. Hopefully if you have Justin Jefferson, you are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, but if you have Justin Jefferson on your roster, Mike, how do you rank him this week?
2: Yeah. So uh, remember, this is this is different. Okay. It's not just him coming back from an injury. There's a different quarterback. There it is. And check this out. So 529 career targets. Justin Jefferson has okay. 529 to square. Yep. How many of them did not come from Kirk Cousins? I'll say uh, 206 of them. 12. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, so, I'm t- Close,
0: but, a little off. but also
2: not close <laughs> at all. I mean, really just not just a swing. And Only a
0: 12 targets from a guy n- not named
2: Kirk Cousins in his career. Yeah, Sean Mannion through 12 of the targets. Uh, the, all the rest were Kirk Cousins. 98% wow. of the passes from uh, one guy. So this is different. It's okay. a little different seeing him uh, with Josh Hobbs who's going to get the start this week. And who knows? Josh Hobbs might not make it through this game. Uh, Nick Mullins at some point could take over there. They're still trying to figure that out, uh, but Dobbs will get another shot in this one. The good news is Dobbs had some success with Hollywood Brown in Arizona. Uh, not as much so far since he's gotten to Minnesota a little bit. I mean, we'll get to Jordan Addison in a middle uh, in a minute, uh, but here's the thing. Jefferson uh, earlier this season, four full games, 24 plus fantasy points in all of them had 149 plus yards in three 85 yards and a touchdown the other. I mean, look, if he's active, you start Justin Jefferson. He's not. just too good. I mean, yeah. if it, if it just goes down in flames and he doesn't have a good connection with Dobbs and only sees five targets, like it, that's a chance you have to take.
0: I am totally with you on that. We have been waiting to get Justin Jefferson back. Yeah. I am hoping, and I would expect that Kevin O'Connell would be in a spot where regardless who is under center, they're going to find ways to manufacture touches for Justin Jefferson. Yeah,
2: no doubt. And pretty good matchup too. Uh, Raiders kind of mid-pack, but all kinds of personnel issues. Uh, Air corner, they're still trying. I mean, the Patriots wave Jack Jones and he's like a full-timer now for the Raiders because they cut Marcus Peters. So good spot for him.
0: How are you looking at the rest of these wide receivers? Obviously, we're starting TJ Hawkinson as, at the tight end position, but you've got Jordan
2: Addison, obviously, and KJ Osborne, we're sort of out on. What are you looking yeah. at for, Os- for yeah, Addison? Os- Osborne's long gone. I mean, they're going to have to feature Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson. There's not going to be much it. to go around with no, you know, this isn't a Kirk Cousins high volume offense from a month ago. So Addison, I'm a little concerned. I mean, uh, look, he, Jefferson was averaging 11.8 targets per game and he was on the field. Uh, Addison was uh, at 5.0 per game in those four games with Jefferson. Okay. He's been at 7.9 in eight games since now he's a first round rookie. You would expect the traje- trajectory to go up, but also he hasn't been good for the last month. He's been under 11 fantasy points in four straight. Mm-hmm. So uh, you add that to Jefferson coming back. No, I'm not, I'm not feeling great. Uh, I think he's a guy you can consider sitting if you have a good wide receiver situation. He's 40th in my ranks. I'm definitely worried. Like you try to do the math on this Minnesota offense and distribute enough targets to make Jefferson a wide receiver one and to make uh, Hawkinson, Hawkinson a, a top end. three tight end yep. or top three, top five, 10 and whatever. Get a few to the run, running backs out of the backfield, a couple, uh, you know, some scraps for KJ Osborne's still here. Like, man, there's not much here for a lot. Jordan Addison. So uh, I've I defi- definitely some concerns about his upside. He's very much going to be boom bust down the stretch,
0: I think. Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson are the lineup locks from this Vikings offense. And Addison to me is more of a low end, deeper league flex until we start to see some things with Agreed. Justin Jefferson back with Dobbs under center. All right. Diving into a handful more topics here, Mike Clay, I want to ask you really quickly about Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Are you benching him this week?
2: I'm not. I'm 28th. I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out. It's, it would be hard to bench. him coming off a game where he had, what was it? Eight targets and a touchdown last week. So I know the yards haven't been there, but that's enough targets for me. It's enough production. That was his most targets since uh week eight, first touchdown since week six. I, I get all the concerns here. Under 50 yards in six straight games. Yeah, a lot great. of, yeah. a lot of red flags, uh, really tough matchup on the road against Baltimore. And I'm just talking. I'm just talking myself. Wait, right You're out of, right out out of I mean, Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Look, well, yeah. I, let me just add on though. I know there's a lot of negatives. Is my point? He's still Cooper Cup. He's still going to get a lot of volume, and they're still going to have to throw the ball a lot, most likely, as a heavy underdog in Baltimore. So there's enough here to start him, but he's he's not wide receiver four anymore. Correct. It's wide receiver 28.
0: I think that's where I am at as well. Mike, when I look at him because of the fact that I think this is a bad matchup, right? But one of the things that field talks about is okay. If I'm looking at wide wide receivers in the 25 to 30 range, Mm -hmm. who has the best chance to get to 20 or 25 fantasy points, even though Cooper cup has struggled there is an easy understanding of how Cooper cup in this Rams offense with Matthew Stafford could be a guy that could at least get some, especially if he's still getting volume could get some easy fantasy points. So yeah.
2: I think that's fair. But also when you're getting seven, eight, nine, ten 10 targets, you're also like have one of the best chances to get to 12 points. A good for your, exactly. For your flex or wide receiver three, that's fine. Like sometimes you need guys that are just going to get you there as opposed to starting Drake London, who might get you a one uh-huh. or tw- you know, 20, you know, yeah. uh, three, you know, three times a year, he might get you 19, 20 points, but there's a really low floor. And that's part of the the case here with cup. All right. We talked about potential
0: streamers when we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, right? Who would you start maybe over Patrick Mahomes is Jordan love in a spot where you would consider using him as a streamer. And I'm not trying to do a Jordan love versus Patrick Mahomes, but like love has come on recently in the last couple of weeks, Mike.
2: Yeah. uh, I think that you can have that conversation. If you have both guys, I would lean toward Mahomes in this game against Buffalo, uh, because again, I think there's a potential for him to be thrown a ton in this game mm-hmm. against the Bills, potential high-scoring game. Whereas Love, I mean, they might score some touchdowns early playing the Giants, low-scoring game, running the ball in the second half. This is a game they should win comfortably, uh, and that's a concern. But you know, Love has been kind of up and down. He had the three big games to open season. the season. Then yep. he had uh, all of the games were under 17 points, and then the, his last three were uh, 20 plus as well. He is trending up. He's 10th in rushing yards a quarterback. Yep. He's fourth in passing touchdowns among quarterbacks mid pack matchup. I mean, he's fine. He's a he's a fringe QB one his main wide receiver over the last two weeks. We don't think is going to play this week. We already have Christian
0: Watson zeroed yeah. out in our projections here. And I don't know with based on what we talked about with Stefano, if we're going to see Aaron Jones or not. So mm-hmm. there may be a few less targets within this offense for him. If there is no Christian Watson, is there a wide receiver that you like? Is Jaden Reed clearly taken over as the guy in this offense?
2: I think that's, if I'm picking between the two Packers receivers, yes, I would lean towards Jaden Reed. They're giving them the ball as a as a rusher on top of what he does in the passing game. I know he had the dud last week, but he had 15 plus fantasy points in his prior three full game. So yep. uh, he has been pretty good. Also, his targets were higher by about one, two per one or two per game when Watson was out the, at the beginning of the season. And that takes me to Romeo Dobbs, whose targets were definitely a little now very uh, all over the map, volatile, yes. but yes. higher when Watson was out earlier this season, five targets, three targets, 12 targets, <laughs> And 14 targets had three touchdowns in those four games. So um, I know his volume's been down, six or fewer in in uh, in five straight for him. But he has he has seven touchdowns in 12 games.
0: Seven touchdowns yeah, in 12 just, games. Just Romeo
2: Dobbs, and again, three of them happened earlier this year when Watson was out. Also, do you know Watson's top five and end zone targets this season? I was just gonna. So
0: that's part of what I'm trying to look up right now. Understanding that there's no Christian Watson and that how much Jordan Love Love looked at him in the end zone. Yeah, wasn't Romeo Dobbs like? Would he be the guy that you would think those I targets think so. would go to next? Yeah,
2: I, I do think that Dontavian Wicks will have a role as well as the three. But Luke Musgrave's also out, um, so I think that both of these guys are starting fantasy options. I have Dobbs 35th. I have Reed. 30th this week. Uh, yeah, those targets have to go somewhere, though. I mean, he. but isn't that unreal? Watson missed all that time and he is top five in the NFL. He is. And, I, and I'm not just counting weeks he played. I'm including all the weeks all he missed. He's I'm look- still l-
0: looking at it right five. now. He has 14 end zone targets. He is third in the NFL, and Romeo Dobbs has 12 yeah, end zone he's targets. He's up there as well, too. So yeah,
2: uh, number one is a guy. Actually, we'll save number one on that we'll list. Save it. Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna come up here shortly. To your point,
0: though, I do want to say this. As much as we we've gone back and forth on the Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs thing. They're like volatility is the perfect word to use for Romeo Dobbs. Sometimes he gets a handful of targets yeah. and they are super efficient within this offense, and sometimes he's just not really utilized in that same way. So it's not like because Christian Watson is out, Romeo Dobbs is just an easy fill-in. There is some there is some nuance as to figuring out how to. You know, I just user. realized
2: uh, Dobbs' is, season is very much like Brandon Ayuk in a lot of ways, where he's just like. Oh, like Ayuk just hasn't had many targets for the most part. His target numbers are pretty low. He's just crazy, but efficient. he's just scoring a bunch of touchdowns and, and bunches. He's at a higher floor. It's just like much better offense in San Francisco. But it's like Brandon Ayuk light like the flex version yeah. of Brandon Ayuk is kind of what Dobbs has done. It's probably the best comp.
0: I definitely won that board bet. By the way, do you What's just that? want to give me the victory on that? What's the board bet? The Debo one, the Debo board bet with Field.
2: Do you want you want me to give you the W now? Even though yeah. the season's not over yet. Yeah.
0: I would think it's pretty clear though. Like I have made it very clear I would rather have Brandon Ayuk at cost than Debo at and, cost and, and at understanding cost. But that's like,
2: not your board bet though, right? It's who's going to uh, score more did, fantasy points. We
0: did a t- top twenty between the two, yes. But I made it very clear within that board bet that I would rather have Brandon Ayuk over Debo Samuel. Yeah, so I mean I,
2: I think at cost that was a good that was a good call. Yeah, um, that was definitely a good call. Yeah, I appreciate that. You guys. said Dobbs at cost over Watson too, so you nailed that hey, one too. Hey man, that
0: one was that's another one. Hey, right. I should have been like, hey, what do you think about Nico Collins? If I had stuck on Nico Collins a little harder, then I feel like that. I would have had the trifecta of,
2: yeah, that's just tough because you just don't know with rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, we, did, we didn't know. I mean, he had in the no preseason, idea. We didn't know he was going to be this good. So,
0: well, speaking of Nico Collins, let's dive into these Texans here because CJ Stroud, who mm-hmm. would have thought CJ Stroud would be the guy that exactly. he has turned into this year. Unfortunately, Mike, we have seen him play with tank Dell and tank Dell has been awesome yeah. all year long yeah. this week. We are not going to have tank Dell out there as he is on IR, unfortunately with a fractured fibula. So now we've got a condensed target tree. Nico Collins. You've got Noah Brown. Uh, and you're looking at, I don't know, is Dalton Sh- Dalton Schultz still out? I don't think he's going to um,
2: play. But I, or was he? I think I'm going to say maybe, li- I think he was limited and then sat out. Practice. So he may be back this week. Yeah, um, but but we're of. looking at
0: a smaller target tree here when you're looking at the Houston Texans, especially Nico Collins. How high do you have him this week without Tank Dell in the lineup?
2: Yeah, I mean, Nico, it's, it's a matchup against the Jets. It's the only reason he's not higher. So he has a good wide receiver too. Uh, it might not be surprising if he has a decent game And decent volume in this one against the Jets, maybe twelve fantasy points. That we rank him top ten next week because that's about what he's been delivering this season. But this is tough. He plays mostly outside. That's going to mean a lot of Sauce Gardner. It's going to mean a lot of TJ Reed. Probably eighty percent of the time, that's a brutal matchup. I mean, they they, the Jets have allowed some decent games over the last few weeks to wide receivers. Uh, Over the last like month, they've allowed like five receivers to get to twelve fantasy points. So there's some hope that he can put a decent game together, but uh, the ceiling's obviously lower against his defense. Yes. A little lowered expectation because of
0: that, but Nico's still mm-hmm. easily a top 20 wide receiver guy that we have as a lineup block for our fantasy roster if there was someone else in this wide receiving core for me, it would be Noah Brown. If I needed Agreed. to take a shot on someone, I like him quite a bit more than Robert Woods, but he's not to me a lineup lock, even without tank Dell. I have him more as a low end flex. If you need him like a deeper flex in a deeper league, how are you looking at Noah Brown? Yeah.
2: Tough to call a guy who had zero catches last lineup lock, right? And stuff. And he played 79% of the snaps. He was out there a lot. Uh, I'm not super worried about that just because it was, uh, it was a neat, uh, the Nico Collins show, right? He had almost it like was. 200 yards. Yeah. He just kept, he was open. He just kept throwing it to his guy and, and you understand that. So uh, I think better days ahead for Brown Remember, every other game he's played this season. He's had at least four targets. And that was often with tank Dell and Nico Collins, both on the field. And his two games prior to the stud had 153 yards and a touchdown and 172 yards. Oh so there's gosh. definitely a lot of potential here for Brown in this offense. Tough matchup though. I'm with you deep league flex at best just for this, this just week. for this week. This week yeah. yeah, this
0: matchup is just tough against the Jets should be in was, rosters. Yeah, yes. If this was any other matchup rather than the Jets, then I would they would both be mm-hmm. higher on this list, but it's, got it. it's definitely a tough one there. All right, back here on fantasy focus, Mike Clay and Daniel dot making our way through our week 14 preview. Mike, mm-hmm. we got a parlay in front of us. You hit Last week I was not here on Friday, but you gave us an ESPN bet parlay. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I was still a part of it. I was simpatico with you right. from a distance. Uh but this week, when you're looking at putting together a parlay for ESPN bet, tell me, what do you like?
2: Yeah, we'll see if we could do this again. Uh this these are all coming from the betting playbook. So this is gonna be up at okay. ESPN plus today, same as last week. We went ten and two last week. We'll see if we could do it again. So parlay two. for uh, this week we're gonna start with Josh Allen. We mentioned, we teased it a little yes, earlier. We did. Yes, to throw an interception. Well, how about this, Daniel? He's thrown an interception in eight straight games and fourteen of his last sixteen, tracing wow. back Nothing to, to last to be frustrated season. Frustrated about with that? Yeah, no doubt he's gonna be throwing a lot in this one. So potential for a pick. Ceedee Lamb mentioned this one as well. Who's leading the league in end zone targets? Ceedee Lamb by two over any other player. He is seventeen. He's also facing the Eagles, who've allowed the most touchdowns, twenty-three to wide receivers this season. C.D. Lamb anytime touchdown is what I like in this one. Do you know the only team not to have a wide receiver touchdown against the Eagles this year.
0: Uh, I would guess the 49ers It
2: was the only it was the team that beat them. The Jets. They're Seriously? the only team that did not score. <laughs> yeah, the only one that they...
0: weird. That's not uh, surprising, actually, now that I know that.
2: So I like that one. And then the last one, uh, the third one here, Chuba Hubbard, over 11 and a half carries. It just seems too low. He had 25 last week. He had 14 the week before. He's averaging 14.6 per game since he started playing over half the snaps. And by the way, he has at least 11 carries in every game in which he's played at least half the snaps, 64% each of the last two weeks. So that's kind of the kind of silly one that we're just playing the volume game. The other two kind of flashier at the pick and the touchdown, but I like this one. I like it too. I think this feels really good to me, Mike, putting these three together, download the
0: ESPN bet app. You must be 21 or older gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get it. Yeah, I am ready to be able to hit that parlay. I'm I'm definitely going to play that one this week,
2: Mike. Got it, man. Got it. One for one. one for, that's right. It's like plus 357, something that's like a, that. So. Let's keep
0: it moving. Yeah, All right, let's do juice. some starts of the week here, Mike Clay. Week 14. I'm going to let you go first. If you have a start of the week here, <laughs> who well, are you playing your flag on? You want me to go first? Okay.
2: No, I mean, I'll go first. I mean, this one I picked kind of because uh, I thought Field would be here at Speaking that, at that into time. Speaking kind of a thing? Well, no, we've been arguing about Austin Eckler all okay, week long, all right. so usually I go with more of a borderline flex guy, but this week I had to be Austin Eckler because yeah. he's really down on him, <laughs> major concerns. There's been reports that this could be more Josh Kelly, which I heard that. is kind of bizarre because he really struggled earlier this season. He has not like, looked like good. Really, really struggled. Um, I think Austin Eckler bounces back this week. I think okay. with all the noise, I think he gets it going. Uh, a lot of reasons for that. Yes, he had a Uh, three duds in a uh, row. Now only 27 yards last week, but he still had 16 touches. Uh, Touches haven't been as high as last year, but they're still kind of solid scoring the occasional touchdown. His snaps carries and route participation all up from last year. So he's been on on the field quite a bit. Uh, And remember, this isn't a full season slump for Austin Eckler before this three game slump three straight top six finishes among running backs. So he was delivering the fantasy points there prior to this uh, recent run here. And they're playing the Broncos Oof. better against running backs lately, but still the most fantasy points allowed to running backs this season. Even if you remove the dolphins game, which was the ultimate outlier we've seen in like stats over the last For decade, from, yeah. uh, certainly from a fantasy perspective, you throw that away. Still 5.1 yards per carry to running backs. Wow. So I think, I think, uh, Even if the touches are down a little, I think Eckler has a better day. I'm going to go with Rasheed Rice as my start of the week. We already talked about him
0: a little earlier in the show, but six, excuse me, 16 catches over 160 yards over the last two games. And Mike, you've said it touchdown in every other game since week five. I think this is a spot against the Buffalo Bills who are middle of the pack when it comes to wide receivers in the slot where you can see some good volume with Rasheed Rice. Keep it going based on what we've seen over the last couple weeks. I do think that we have, we are starting to see the breakout of rookie Rasheed Rice in the second half of the season in your fantasy playoffs. I love him as a potential starter this week. Mm-hmm. I'm with I like him a we lot. talked
2: about him before. I think we're in on him now. Yeah. He might be, need one more decent game. Yeah. And then He's probably a lineup lock now, but yeah, you know, they've the chiefs like to play with us when it comes yeah. to wide receivers. Oh, yes, it makes me a little nervous, but I'm hey, feeling good.
0: Thank you so much, Mike, for being here, not just Always this week, fun. but for all the last week while I was gone and helping pick up the slack while I was out. I appreciate it. I'm buddy. just
2: glad you're healthy, ready to
0: go and pump for FF
2: now on Sunday. That's right. going
0: to yeah. be a ton of fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We'll see you on FF now on Sunday morning. Peace.
1: Not a mystery,
0: the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard, I'm telling you.